Before the episode starts out, I just want to apologize for the infrequency and audio quality of this episode. We were testing out some new software, and it, well, didn't work. So, again, I do apologize for the blechness uh, of the audio in the first part of this episode. We will get this fixed, we promise, with our next episode. The theme song to our show has been performed by the band Thought Beings. You can find their music everywhere on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon Prime Music, and you can also buy their music at Beatports. Please give them a listen. Shelley Duvall's war crime is what this is, yes. Um, we're, we are watching uh, the 1990 made-for-Disney-channel hit, believe it or not, hit film, uh, Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme. We and, are. We and, are. Yeah. And the, the, the cast is outrageous. Oh, yeah. Let, 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 let me remind the listeners to the entire cast of... This film now. Now there are two versions of this film. Actually, there is Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme, which is the version we're watching. It's an hour and a half. Okay. And then when it jumped off of the Disney Channel and went to regular broadcast and syndication, they trimmed it down. Um, they cut about uh, ten or fifteen minutes out of it, and changed okay. and changed the title to Rock and Rhyme Land. Um, and there was a lot of scenes that were cut out and everything, uh, and a lot of cast members. Uh, so we're watching the uncut version of this sucker because this is the way it was presented 30 years ago. And there's some cast members who were cut out of the Rock and Rhyme Land segments that honestly you need to see to believe. And here's the cast. So our main stars of this film are Shelley Duvall as Little Bo Peep. Um, we have Harry Anderson as Peter Piper. Love, I, love a, I, I love a Harry Anderson. <laughs> Elaine Boozler as Old Mother Hubbard. Bobby Brown as the Three Blind Mice. Art Garfunkel as Georgie Porgy. Terry Gar as Jill of Jack and Jill. Dan Gilroy as Gordon Goose. Woody Harrelson as Lou the Lamb of Mary Had a Little Lamb fame. 
Debbie Harry as the old woman who lived in a shoe. Cindy Lauper as Mary of Mary Had a Little Lamb fame. David. So uh, do those do those uh, particular scenes before you know before we actually watch this? Do those particular scenes actually feature Woody Harrelson and Cindy Lauper at the same time? Yes, they're together. Oh, yes. For the love of God. Okay. <laughs> uh, David Leisure from Empty Nest and Joe Izuzu fame as the newscaster and the game show host. Little Richard as Old King Cole. Stephen Kearney and Neil Gladwin as the Crooked Man and his dog. Howie Mandel as Humpty Dumpty. Cheech Marin as the Carnivore Barker. Van Dyke Parks as the Minister of Merriment. Katie Seagal as Mary Mary Quite Contrary. Gary Shandling as Jack of Jack and Jill. Paul Simon as Simple Simon. Gene Stapleton as Mother Goose. The Stray Cats as Georgie Porgy's house band. I would have. I'm just going to go out on, the, on on a limb right now and say I would have much rather like Larry David have been Mother Goose. <laughs> I think that that would have made a a diff, It would have been different. <laughs> and believe it or not, we're not even done with the cast yet. Um, we also have ZZ Top as Three Men in a Tub. Dweezil Zappa and Randy Jackson as the metal band The Dank. The Be Dank. The Dank. Ben Vereen as the Itsy Bitsy Spider. Pia Zadora as the Little Miss Muffet. And the Del Rubio triplets as themselves. So who was cut out? Um, in the television version, when it went over to syndication... The Three Blind Mice was edited down. Uh, Cheech Marin was cut out. Um, the segment with uh, with Katie Seagal as Mary Quack Contrary was cut out. And also, um, a lot of the scenes with Old King Cole and The Dank were trimmed down as well. So, was Disney just... Were they, were they importing the Coke or were they, they, were they selling it? <laughs> Did they have a like like a Tom Cruise from whatever that uh, movie was where he was smuggling in coke from uh, from what other South American country it was? Is that what was ha what was ha were they? <laughs> Who knows? Is this a, Q is this a QAnon conspiracy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this sucker is. I I remember. I mean, I I remember watching it on the Disney Channel just for the what the fuckery of the cast and. I remember being slack-jawed while, while watching this whole thing. And I'm like, I, I can't believe that this got greenlit. And I, the reason why this got greenlit is because at the time, I, Shelley Duvall, when it comes to uh, children's television, was the shit, basically. I mean, she had fairy tale theater. She had tall tales and legends. She had bedtime stories. The Shining. The Shining, yes. Popeye. Um, sure. You know, it, it was she was huge. She was absolutely huge, and she was this you know successful producer, and came up with this idea of making a movie based off of the uh, Mother Goose rhymes, and Disney said, "Hey, well, air it." So she just called her friends, right? It's one of those situations. Yeah. Where she was like, "Hey, I got this idea for this thing I want to do for Disney. Do you guys want to be a part of it?" And they're like, "Sure, I'm free." Like, is that basically what we think happened? Here? I think is that's that... what happened, yeah, because I, that that's the only thing that could explain this cast. Because, like, yeah, we got nothing to do. The cast is nuts. I would have watched this for the cast. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know anybody who wouldn't. It's like, it, it is it is reminiscent. I haven't watched it, okay? So I'm, I'm, I'm saying this now. Um, first question I have for you, Roy, is any, are any of my questions going to be answered upon the viewing of this monstrosity? Or am I going to come back to the table with all the same questions I have now, just furious? That's a good question. It all depends on what your questions are, to be honest Why? with you. Why? That's my main question. <laughs> no, that question won't be answered. No. Sweet. Yeah, Sweet. the question of why yeah. will not be answered. I, I, the only answer I can give you about to the question of why is it was 1990. Is the, does this feel 
hearing it, right, hearing you describe it to me, does it feel to you like the uh, Star Wars Holiday Special? Yes, that is a good comparison to this, is this is that this is the Disney Channel equivalent to the Star Wars Holiday Special. It really is. Because it feels like just you reading the cast to me, right? Like, feels like, like, Ben Vereen as somebody that Ben Vereen never wanted to play on, you know, on screen, like... And it's not just, I mean, I can't wait to hear your reaction to the scene between him and, and uh, um, Little Miss Muffet. Because the scene between the two of them, first of all, Ben Vereen is wearing a skin-tight outfit. Uh, and by skin-tight outfit, I mean like a full-body spandex outfit, like a body morph, almost. Uh, and it has uh, glitter, glitter cobwebs all over his body. And, and where can I get it? <laughs> and right now, can I get it on uh, AliExpress? You could, you could, you could probably get it. What at... happens if I search Ben Vereen on AliExpress? <laughs> you could probably go get it at Party City right now. Probably. Um. So you know, and and um, let's just say that Disney didn't really do any hiding of his um, his web producer. I guess is the best way to say it. And. <laughs> The scene where he confronts uh, Little Miss Muffet, it turns into a go-go dancing segment, complete with Little Miss Muffet appearing to have stripped down to nothing, shadow dancing inside a lit box, go-go dance style, leaving very little to the imagination. Well, of course. <laughs> it's for the Disney Channel. Yes. The, this is the reason that High School Musical exists. I want to go on record. I have not seen it. Zac Efron is a has a career because of this because of this thing that we're going to watch. I'm going to say that I haven't seen it. It's completely hearsay, but I believe it to be true. <laughs> and, shit. and then if that wasn't enough, I um... remake this with Miley Cyrus. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, this film is all over the place. It really, really is. And um, I can't wait to hear your reaction to this. This is... Um, it, okay, the Klingons have a word for ultimate torture called bidge. Sure. This is bidge. This is this is bidge in its pure finest uh, form. It really is. Um, how does it compare? Because I, I wrote you today and said I would be really... I sent you a really awesome list of like made-for-TV horror films... And I said I would be really interested in doing, like, a series on our show about, like, those. Yeah. Because some, those were just – I remember watching when I was a kid at Halloween, they would show, like, the, the made-for-TV horror movies. Mm -hmm. And it was great. It was great. Um, how does this compare to, like, the other events? I know this was made for cable, but still, like, like compare it to, like – because we watched Kiss was made for TV. Yep. We watched um, Riding on the Bus with my sister was made for TV. <laughs> well, this is better than Riding on the Bus with my sister. I'll tell you that right now. Kiss, I'm imagining because nothing is. It was so good that we lost it. That's how good that show is. Yeah. I, that movie is. Yeah. Uh, in case you didn't see the post, folks, somehow ten minutes is missing from the Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park episode, and I don't know why. And I don't have the master tape of it because I've switched computers since then. So I don't have the master tape. And I'm, I wanna, I'm gonna go back and look, but I'm pretty sure I don't have it either. Because yeah. I, I record everything, you know, as a, as a backup, but I'm pretty sure it's long enough in the past now that I don't have it either. Yeah. So, which is a goddamn shame. I think it was that scene um, at the pool. I think it just killed the audio. It was too good for audio, is what happened. <laughs> It's it's forever going to be the the Nixon White House tapes of episodes for us. It really is because that's right. Yeah, but I if you know compared to the event movies that you made for television movies, if I have to put this up there with one, um, I would say it's up there with the Midnight Hour starring Shirley, Sherry Belafonte Harper. Okay. If okay. you re if you remember that one with with her and Lavar Burton and yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd have yeah, to put it I, up there I, with level of ridiculousness. Okay, all right, I'm, I'm in, I'm into this. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna enjoy it. I haven't got to watch because of 
you know, events in our lives, we haven't, I haven't got to watch anything this, re- that's not true, I'm not going to lie to our audience, I watch ridiculous shit constantly, <laughs> but nothing, nothing this far afield from what I usually watch, which isn't like Bigfoot in a city, or, um, you know, Bigfoot in the City, which is the show that was on HBO for a while, I don't know if you watched it, start Bigfoot and Sarah Jessica Parker, um, <laughs> He was a surgeon. It was from the. It was from uh, Doctor McDreamy's point of view, and uh, no, Mister Big. I'm sorry, it was Mister Big, but Mister Big is Mister Bigfoot. I'm workshopping this right. I'm gonna take it all. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sell this script. All right. Netflix will take it. I'll tell you that right now. I I'm gonna get it on. I'm gonna get it on to be original. <laughs> oh man. It's a new streaming service. By the way, and I want to say this, I don't know if we talked about it, just it's topical. I know that our show tends to be evergreen, but this is kind of topical. Um, for those of you that aren't, you know, that haven't seen it, I, I want to uh, publicly applaud Ryan Reynolds. Oh, God, for yes. creating his own streaming service that only shows one of his movies. That is that is the ultimate in trolling right there. It he really is, is. He has cracked the troll code for Hollywood, and I'm... I want to be him so bad. I want to be him so bad. <laughs> just to be at a point in my career where I can do literally all the crazy shit that's in my head and people like me are like, yeah, it's very great. Like, it's perfect. <laughs> he's not in this movie, though. No, he's not in this one. If he was. I'm, gonna, I'm becoming Art Bell from, uh, from Coast to Coast AM. If Ryan Reynolds was Bigfoot, what do you think he'd eat for dinner, Roy? <laughs> If Ryan Reynolds was in this movie, I think he would play the. Sh- he, I think he would play the sheep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He would either I'll keep play. That in mind. He'll either play the sheep, or he would play. Um, no, he wouldn't play the male lead because he's he's not that straightforward. Um, he would play. I think he would play either the sheep, or Jack of Jack and Jill. We're going to have a new game called If Ryan Reynolds Was In This Movie, Who Would He Play? <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun when we watch Riding the Bus with my sister. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, he would play the Rosie O'Donnell character. I don't know. He might play the bus driver. <laughs> no, I could a good just, bus driver. I could just see Ryan Reynolds right now. We need a price check on the toilet seat on I-1. <laughs> he would get canceled. <laughs> he would get canceled for that. <laughs> so, so would literally everybody else in that film. <laughs> that is not a remakeable film. I think of all of the movies we've done, that is the one that you couldn't remake. Also, Terror of Tiny Town. That's true. You could not remake Terror of Tiny Town. Although um, I could see him playing every character by, uh, you know. He could remake Terror of Tiny Town. He would deep fake that sucker. Are you kidding? He would deep fake that shit, and it would be a fantastic <laughs> because it would be, uh, it would be like satire, um, social commentary at that point. Could you see? But, him? Here you go. He'll deep fake himself as the bunyip. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, God. I don't like that. I'm just trying to, now I'm trying to think, I know we're off the rails, but now I'm trying to think about what movies they could and what movies they could not remake of the ones we've watched. And I think that the, oh, there's, I think Terror of Tiny Town, yes, but I also think Riding the Bus with My Sister, I don't think they could remake those no. two movies. But other than that, they're prime. It's yeah. prime for remakes of all of these films. God, Hollywood, get on it right now. <laughs> You're looking to boost your sales. You're looking to get back in the game. This is how you do it. The Kindred, remake it. Ryan Reynolds as Mr. Boogalow in the Apple remake. Oh, I was going to say Ryan Reynolds as the lead character in Liquid Sky. <laughs> <laughs> I come from Connecticut. Delicious, right. delicious. <laughs> Not change the script at all. <laughs> Just to have him say delicious, delicious. Yes, yes. <laughs> Can we watch this movie now? I don't want to. Uh, well, keep that in mind as we watch Mother Goose rock and rhyme. Um, try to try to figure out who you think he would. Ryan Reynolds say delicious, delicious while watching Mother Goose rock and rhyme. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. That makes me horny. <laughs> 
<laughs> and think of what character you think would you know he play in this film. So email us, post on Facebook what character Ryan Reynolds would play, and tag Ryan Reynolds, please. <laughs> uh, I think we're at the right level of insanity now to yeah, jump into go. this film. Are you let's ready? Yes. All right. Without further ado, folks, we'll be right back after we experience. The 30-year-old film, Mother Goose, Rockin' Rhyme. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, 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 I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, 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 I'm Shelley Duvall. I'm Shelley Duvall. Shelly, 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 Duvall. Shelly, 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 I'm Shelly Duvall. Shelly, 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 um, God, where do we begin with this? Oh, shit. Well, we're back, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Um, so here's how I want to start. This is, this is, I've never seen this. You've, you had seen it in the past, right? It's been years since I've seen this, and oh, man. I uh, am going to fully equate this to the Kids Bop version of the music video for Winona's Big Brown Beaver by Price. <laughs> That is, wow. yeah, yeah, that is what this is to me. That's what I, I, it was, I could, this was the hardest thing we've to get through that we watched. Yeah. I'm going to go on record and say that this trumps the terror of tiny town and dot and the kangaroo. This, this is absolutely the most painful thing we've watched. And it's probably the worst film I've ever seen. It really is. All, all of you out there who are thinking about rediscovering this movie, through the eyes of nostalgia, don't. Yes. Keep this one back in your memories of 1990 and don't revisit it. And we're about to explain in, in explicit detail why. Well, can I start with my uh, my conspiracy theory that I sent you earlier? Yes. <laughs> I am convinced that this movie killed Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> <laughs> this movie came out after it. <laughs> yeah, May of 1990. <laughs> had to watch this thing after Mary Had a Little Lamb was a hit for him and died promptly thereafter in August of 1990. I'm this movie killed Stevie Ray Vaughan. That's what I'm that's my that is my conspiracy theory going into this. You know what kids love, Roy? What do they love, Andy? Gary Shandling. You know, when I was <laughs> when I was, let's see, when this came out, I would have been 12. When I was 12, I was like, I wonder what Gary Shandling and Terry Garr are doing right now. <laughs> you know who else uh, 12-year-olds love? Who? Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, Elaine Boozler. That's who 12-year-olds love. They all watch stand-up specials on HBO. Yeah, you know, they, 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 they all love them. They, they all love The Little Richard. Did, did I hear you say this is worse than... Terror of Tiny Town. Yes. Yes. And yes, what, what other one? Um, Dot and All the Kangaroo. Of All of them. Oh, Jesus Christ. God damn it. Yeah. Of course he did. Of uh, course he did. Yeah. yeah. Why not get, um, get like, uh, Eddie Pepitone to play Jack and the Beanstalk? <laughs> why not get Dennis Miller? <laughs> like, this movie. What the shit was this, Roy? I don't know. Um, I really don't know. I, a real quick question before we really start dissecting this movie, though. Um, to go back to an earlier question in the first segment, who would you cast Ryan Reynolds to play in this film? I think it'd be the lead. We talked about this a little bit offline. I think it would be the lead because I think that he's the only thing, and I do believe this. If you put Ryan Reynolds as the lead of this thing... Um, I think it might be somewhat redeemable <laughs> because I he think would be he, able to call everyone out on their bullshit in this. Yes. Film. 
Yes, it, he would be incredulous. He, you know, he would be snarky, and it would make and his snark would make sense. By the way, uh, for a children's movie, the end of this thing got real effing dark. <laughs> yes, it did. There's a lot that happened in this movie for a kids' film that made me go, "This is a kids' film." Well, let alone the let alone the pimps, let alone the <laughs> heavy sexual overtones. Not undertones. They were overtones. Let's go. Let's go to the pimp first. Um, boned Woody Harrelson. <laughs> so we've got a scene in this movie when they go to look for the police. Where they're suddenly confronted outside of Georgie Porgy's nightclub, a pimp, and he sends his prostitute to go get him some jelly beans. And there's just so much in that sentence right there. This is a Disney movie. Yeah. It was 100% a pimp. No question, a pimp. And she was a Bronx prostitute from, like, some fantasy of 1930s. Like... Of course, honey, I'm going to go and get your jelly beans. And that was, I fully expected a burlesque show when they walked into Georgie Porgy's nightclub. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> the way they set that up, I 100%, the only, rede- they, they did at least walk into the only redeeming uh, aspect of this entire uh, endeavor, which was the stray cats dressed stray up cats. as actual cats. Yeah. That's the yeah. only thing worth, uh, worth seeing in this entire goddamn fiasco. So a lot of the cast members in this movie should be ashamed of themselves because they're better actors than this. And they were, I remember this thing was hyped. It was so hyped up. I, the Disney channel and all, all cable suppliers and everything made a giant fuss about this goddamn thing. There is even a segment on Oprah and a segment on Donahue about this movie. And this was like the biggest event, television event of 1990 for those who subscribed to the Disney Channel. Oh, boy. So the the premise of this thing is Mother, Mother Goose... Who's has played a by the, the hip and with it, Gene Stapleton. Um, <laughs> kids of 1990 love the Gene Stapleton. That made That's something that made no... I was expecting stars of... Kids stars of the time. Mm-hmm. But there are none. The only one would be Bobby Brown. Uh, Debbie Harry, maybe. I could make a case for Cyndi Lauper. Mm-hmm. But... but- but Bobby Brown would be the only one that would really have been relevant to the target demographic of this movie. At this point, Woody Harrelson was on Cheers. Yeah. Uh, um, the Larry Sanders show. You had Elaine Boozler. You, I mean, there was nobody in this thing that was. And so, so to get back to, regardless, to get and, back and, to it. And, K, and Katie Seagal, I mean, kids at this point, I, I didn't care. I watched Married with Children, but kids shouldn't have been watching Married with Children. But she was at least a somewhat face because, you know, Fox was rebellious. Right. So you, but she was in it for all of 30 seconds. Yeah, she was, it was a glorified a cameo. Yeah. Um, Which was a lot of appearances in this movie, actually. Yeah. So, so. Uh, Mother Goose's son Gordon um, is is we we get the impression that he's a normie, he's rebelling, he doesn't want to be a part of fairy tale land, and at, at, through some machination, uh, Mother Goose is uh, kidnapped, is 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 uh, absconded with, and they go on a they go on a quest, a shitty Witcher quest to try <laughs> to find Mother Goose, um, and in order to do that, they have to. Literally visit every Mother Goose fairy tale ever. Yep. All of them. And in fact, at one point, Chris even said, are they going to go through every fucking fairy tale? And I went, yeah. Yes, they are. And none of it made sense. Yeah, none of it was coherent to the plot at all. None of it. Couldn't create a narrative? Yeah, no plot, no narrative. It was just... Okay, let's connect to this dot. Let's connect to that dot. And when you're done connecting the dots, basically, it looks like an amoeba instead of looking like a movie. It's an M.C. Escher painting is what it is. (laughs) But they, like, go visit. Oh, yeah, another uh, another hit with the kids at this point. Um, 
Howie Mandel. Well, I guess Howie Mandel at that point, maybe. What was Mandel doing then? Because he wasn't doing Bobby's World yet in 90, was he? No, he wasn't doing Bobby's World yet. The closest thing that he did to anything the kids at that point would have enjoyed was Little Monsters. But that's it. I mean, mainly he was still known for his adult-only stand-up routine. Yeah. So was Gary Shandling. So was was Elaine Boozler. (laughs) So was, uh, well, not David, but David Ledger. Nobody knows who that, and there weren't kids that knew who David Ledger was. No kid knew who Joey Zuzu was at that point, I think. No Um, no kids were watching Empty Nest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, And yet, somehow, this thing is remembered fondly. Yeah. By 90s kids. Like, it, it, really, it, really fondly. It's total nostalgia. It really is. And the nostalgia is so misplaced. I mean, let, let's let's look at the technical aspect of this movie first. What, first of all, one? this movie had no budget. I, I, I think all the budget went to paying for the cocaine for all of the actors to be in this film. Um, because... All of, the, all of the sets looked like foam and cardboard, um, and the clouds in the sky, which the sky, by the way, looked like uh, uh, paper, and the clouds looked like that bunch of cotton you would buy at Michael's in order to make pillows with, and it was just random, just like stuff from um, Pier 1 discount store thrown all over the place, and then for the aerial shots of Little Bo Peeps driving, it was a Hot Wheel set. It was a Hot Wheel set. It was literally I, a Hot Wheel set. I felt like all of that was on purpose, but that's what I'm that's what I mean when I say it's Winona's Big Brown Beaver video. Because <laughs> everything looked like a mock up. You know, it was made to look like uh, like a two-dimensional world and a three-dimensional world. And it just was it just looked awful. It did. It really it did, did not look good. I mean, not even the costumes looked good. The costumes looked absolutely ridiculous. I, if you're going to go over the top with Little Richard as old King Cole, if you're going to go over the top, make it over the top. Don't make it look like that you went to Ross and bought a couple <laughs> of outfits and threw it on Little Richard. Because that's exactly what he looked like. Yeah, uh, you, the, the question was posed while we were watching this thing. Did Little Richard uh, bring bring his own wardrobe from home? And I'm and I'm thinking Little Richard wouldn't be caught dead in that. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, go ahead, go ahead. I I don't even know what to say. Like, let's let's, let's address the innuendo in this movie. Oh God, what, tons of it. Tons. What did Chris say? Chris, I want to know what you said. You sent me a message yesterday. Please, yes. please re- deliver that message. Of the sexual innuendo in this movie. This is the horniest non-porn I've ever seen. That is 100% true. I mean, like, um, it gets started right away when we see Debbie Harry as the little old woman in the shoe. Um, first of all, she gets offended when she's called old. And then she goes, what do I say? What can I say? The stork loves me. Wait till your fathers get home. And I'm like, wow. So she's a hoe. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, She just admitted that she has slept around, and that's why she currently has what it was like, 14 kids. Um, So we have that. We have the innuendo with um, Mary and the lamb. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which was all sorts of uncomfortable. That that describe movie, that for us, Andy. Oh God! So you are you are literally uh, under the impression. So, so it, they go through and they try to do little clever takes on all of the fairy tales. Like um, Elaine Boozler is the uh, um, what, old what, mother what, what, Hubbard. Yeah, old mother Hubbard who's slowly being eaten by her dog. Right. But she works at a fast food joint and doesn't have any food. Yeah. Because her because her cupboards are bare. Mm-hmm. And you so that's have, why the dog is eating her. Right, right. You have well, I'll let you get into Piazzadora as little oh, yeah. Miss Muppet at some point. You have um, and also we'll get into the extremely racist overtones of Ben Vereen's performance. <laughs> um, um, but so you got all these clever takes in the in the um, in the uh, 
uh, what what's uh, Mary had a little lamb. The lamb is portrayed by a grown ass Woody Harrelson, mm-hmm. and um, Cindy Lauper is playing the, um, the 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 part of Mary. And just watching it, you get this sense that they're in this long that this woman and this sheep are in this long term relationship. Very oh, co- very codependent long term relationship, and that they are having sex. Yeah, like get this, you get this overtone that that you know. And that, here's another interesting thing: that conversation, the uh, Terry Gar Gary Shandling conversation. Oh, about about Jill's needs. About yeah, it, it, I get the sense throughout this entire thing. The whole thing was about not be. This entire movie was about not being sexually satisfied, up to the point where there's an imagery at the end of a car going through. Having an orgasm as it passes through a book. Yeah. So yeah, it, it made this made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. So we've got we've yeah. So we've got the implication that they're having sex. Um, Gordon Goose relays a story about how he went on a date in rhyme school with Mary, but the sheep was in, the, the the lamb was in between them, so he couldn't get close to Mary at on the date. Um. The right, lamb, right. The, yes. the, the lamb wanted to know how uh, Bo Pete's sheep were doing, and she sternly responds back to him like, "Still lost. Like, get your hands off my sheep." Like, oh, okay. So yeah. Mary's lamb has a reputation. Yes. Yes. And Mary talks about how she's had two failed marriages because of the lamb. Um, they they went as far as to say that she can't use the bathroom properly without him using the bathroom. And the only thing that they really didn't say was that he kept interrupting her having sex with her former husbands. But it was implied. Right. Right. I'm I'm like, Jesus Christ. And then, yeah, you're talking about Gary Shandling and Terry Garr and their needs and how they're talking about how they're they're a modern couple. Uh, (laughs) That whole entire routine was just uncomfortable. But then we've got Pia Zadora. Oh, I'm going to let you. You go crazy with this one, my friend. We've got Pia Zadora as Miss Muffet. Oh, before you get on to that, I want to take on Simple Simon. Okay. Then at this point, then, before we take on Pia Zadora, because it does tie into it, and we'll have you do Simple Simon, then we'll take on uh, Pia Zadora. Let's talk about Ben Vereen. Oh, can we, can we talk about the depiction of any person of color Was in all this hour Vereen. and a half? Yeah, okay, so we have – there was only two people of color in this movie, Little Richard and Ben Vereen. Uh, Bobby Brown. Oh, and Bobby Brown. Okay. Well, Bobby Brown was basically cold boogers on a plate. He it was, was – the worst scene I've ever seen in a film in my entire life. Yeah, I mean in a film that was filled with a lot of pointless moments, his was the most pointless. He plays the three blind mice – uh, who is a detective agency, who, who, by the way, apparently was having a meeting with uh, Jessica Rabbit. Because yes. as Gordon Goose is walking to the office, Jessica Rabbit comes walking out of the office. I'm like, yeah, that's not subtle, Disney. Um, and because they're blind, apparently them being blind also means they're colorblind, because the whole scene was in black and white. Yeah. And it did nothing whatsoever except to allow Bobby Brown to do some hip-hop dancing, and that's it. Right. Right. Yes. That's it. It was. It was. He as was uncomfortable. Shocking, at, in this movie. It was as uncomfortable as I have felt watching something on film since my grandmother um, rented Boogie Nights because of the cover uh, for for family movie night, <laughs> which is a true story. Um, so, so we've so we've got Bobby Brown shucking and jiving in this scene. We've got. Um, God, I hope I don't get in trouble for using that phrase. We got, um, we got little Richard as old King Cole. Now I get the joke. I got the joke that they were going for with this because he had, he's had so many innovations in the world of rock and roll stolen from him and no credit. So I get the joke that they were doing there, but that got so uncomfortable and basically had him just be more flaming than Little Richard is in real life. Well, my thing about the Little Richard scene is, and I ask you this, 
right? It's Little Richard. How hard do you have to work to make Little Richard seem uncomfortable and miserable? Yeah, and dull. Yeah. I, mean, I, I And the thing that led up to it is you don't expect Little Richard to come out because basically his entourage of people who are waiting for him to come out and serve the – the the four and twenty blackbirds baked in the pie, which has nothing to do with old King Cole. Um, right. That's that was just like wait, okay, what are the Pointer Sisters doing here as the crows? What the hell? Um, but all the the people that are waiting for him to come out basically look like digital underground. It's like it's like fifty different variations of Humpty waiting to do the Humpty dance, waiting for Little Richard to come out. And I'm like, I don't think these people would be the entourage that hangs out around Little Richard. Well, but that's the thing. It's like it's all so stereo, like like stereotypical. Mm-hmm. Like you have the kid and play haircuts and the and the and the big jackets and the you know like the Humpty Hump nose and glasses. I mean, there was literally someone dressed up like Humpty Hump from Digital Underground in that entourage. At sure. first, I thought it was him, but it wasn't. It's just it that. But the Ben Vereen was by far the most egregious. <sighs> wow. I, yeah. Not uh, basically to give you an idea of what he looked like, listeners. If you've seen the movie Cats, <laughs> and you've seen Idris Elba when he takes his jacket off and he is in the one-piece cat suit, that's kind of what Ben Vereen looks like here. Except they didn't digitize his bulge out. <laughs> um, but like. The thing for me was like the voice that he was using, and I get that it's it was. Pro- voice, 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 voice. Uh-huh. Well, it's that, it's that, it's that, and I say this, and it's gonna be un PC, but I'm gonna make it in reference to airplane, right? It's yeah. this, it's this weird idea that that it's this like jive voice. Yeah, it's you know, a like really that, hey man, like that. It, yeah. I was wildly uncomfortable watching that. Oh yeah, man, I'm gonna talk about your mama. Yeah, and then and then when he wanted to, and then the gag was he would drop his voice and do that Will Smith thing. Yeah, you know, like that, like that, like that. Chill out, Turkey. Yeah, chill he out, Turkey. He actually said, "Chill out, Turkey." At one point. Right, that's not us ad libbing. That's a real thing that happened, and it was just wildly uncomfortable because of that. Imagine, imagine. Um, the best way to describe his character is imagine. The baby from the dinosaur series talking in jive talk. Stereotypical jive talk from the 70s. That's Ben Vereen's voice. But my thing about it is it's Ben Vereen. Yeah. It is classically trained dancer, actor, Tony Award winner, Ben mm-hmm. Vereen. And this is what you're going to do to him? Yeah, Bob Fosse protege. Yeah. And, yeah. And the, yeah, this is what they do to him: is they make him the itsy bitsy spider wearing this uh, leaving nothing to the imagination bodysuit uh, with glittery spider webs on it. And and and, make so, him, and and Isaac Hayes sunglasses. And yeah, yeah, and and make him very stereotypical, mm-hmm. like like w- very one note, and it was really uncomfortable to be completely honest. It really was. Speaking of uncomfortable, before we get to Piazzadora, so Chris, yes. you wanted to talk about Paul Simon as Simple Simon. I Lo- think his character offended me the most. Because I know that back at that time, they probably really didn't realize that type of, of mental disorder and, and what have you. But clearly, Simple Simon is autistic. Mm-hmm. And they kept, well, okay. He had short-term memory loss. Short-term memory loss. He didn't understand direct questions. Basically, a lot, a lot of autistic types. He, autistic he, type stuff. Yeah, he he couldn't focus. Right. Gordon was frustrated at that, and just thought that he was just stupid. At least, uh, Shelly Duvall's character, Pete, Lobo Pete, treated him with some reverence. Oh, no, this is the other way. No, that's the way you need to go. She tried to guide him. She tried to help him. But that's what her character does. But Gordon Goose, and we'll get to him later. Oh, no, I think we've addressed him enough. Well, he's an asshole. In the movie, he's an asshole. There's nothing redeeming about his character. No, not at all. all. Gordon Goose was like 
Gordon Goose treated Simple Simon like doctors treated autism back in the day. Like, sure. oh, you're just slow, you're just stupid, just go away. Mm-hmm. I found that to be the, probably one of the most offensive parts of this of this movie, <laughs> of this piece of art. <laughs> <laughs> this Commedia dell'arte? Yes, yes. This avant-garde piece of cinema. Um, that just offended me because... It's just oh, well, the whole damn thing is tasteless. The whole mm-hmm. movie is tasteless. But that one that re- really bothered me, you know. <clears throat> and that simple. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. I just he, they just made fun of autism with that, and that really bothered me because again, it's one of those things you got to consider the time period. That was really when autism was really coming about as 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 an illness mm-hmm. and a condition, but. Still, clearly, I think the whole idea of Gordon Goose should have been taken out because you're trying to find the character that like that points out everything in the in the movie, you know, the everyman. But yeah, he's an asshole. But for some reason, the Simon Simple Simon really bothered me because again, he's autistic and they're making fun of that. And you know, no, you're right. And and but that's this movie took no reverence, Chris, in any of. Of course not. In anything. No. Mm-hmm. No. Speaking of Piazzador. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they, so they find Little Miss Muffet thanks to the help of ZZ Top, uh, whom <laughs> I forgot to mention was in this movie also. Multiple uh, times, randomly. Times is the three men in the tub, and their tub managed to look like their classic car from their music videos. Um, but they, they get to Piazzadora as Little Miss Muffet's Tuffet. Um, first of all, Piazzadora's tits forward throughout this whole thing. Oh, uh, yeah. She, oh, yeah. She's Ann Baxter from the Ten Commandments all over the place. You're just expecting her to go, Moses. Um, but they get into Miss Tuffet's home by thinking to shrink. And she offers them curds and whey, which... which- in this case, for her, ain't cottage cheese, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so I got, wait, I've got a, I do have a question for you. Yeah. Gordon Gecko had a stupid hat on the entire movie. Not Gordon Gecko, Gordon Goose. You're thinking no. of a different movie. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, going, I'm leaning into it. I'm going to ride out. Greed is good. Um, You're thinking had, of a much better movie. Had um, that hat on from the, from the first scene to the last scene. Yeah. Was that hat on solely for the bit? In the Little Miss Muffet sketch. I think not only for his hat, but also Bo Peep's hat. So it looked bigger. Yeah. Sketch. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Bo Peep gives, uh, not Bo Peep, but Little Miss Muffet gives um, curds and whey to both um, Little Bo Peep and Gordon Goose. And then there's this whole exchange about whey. Yeah. Too much way, no way. And she, while she's saying this, she, her tits are shaking back and forth. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she looks at Gordon Goose and goes, "Can I fluff your tuffet?" To which, yeah. you know, could have just been something left alone, but they immediately cut to Shelley Duvall, and she gives this look like, "Oh God, they're gonna have sex." Right. And that's the exact look that that she gives, and I'm like. Don't do that. <laughs> and then, as if things couldn't get worse when it comes to the sexual innuendo in this scene, because we haven't gotten to the torture chamber yet. Now, that's the one that made me really uncomfortable. Yeah. All of a sudden, here comes Itsy Bitsy Spider. And it turns out that he's the spider that uh, taunts Little Miss Muffet. And out of nowhere, Little Miss Muffet goes behind a lit screen, strips, and Go-Go dances, obviously wearing either just her underwear or in the nude, while Ben Vereen dances along with her. Tiny Ben Vereen. Well, no, I guess Ben Vereen's normal size there, isn't he? Yeah, Ben Vereen is normal, well, normal to Little Miss Muffet. Right. And so that's happening. 
And like I said, it's very clear that Piazzador is stripped behind that shadow cast. Sure. Thing. Yeah. No, you're right. But all of the sexual innuendo leads up to Gordon in old King Cole's dungeon for being a serious sourpuss. That, yes, it does. After after we get assaulted by Dweezil Zappa and Randy Jackson as the kiss one The Randy Jackson, by the way. Let's be clear. The Randy Jackson from American Idol. Yes. In a metal Uh, band wearing a, like a, like a quiet riot face mask. Singing about, singing about why, um... Gordon, can't you come out and play? Can I ask a question? With Dweezil Zappa. I mean, I'm like, Dweezil, you didn't need the money. Can I ask a question? here sure to you and chris and maybe i'm being naive maybe i am like i said 60 40 straight maybe i'm being naive (laughs) regardless of what glow did to me or not um is this a coming out movie (laughs) (laughs) i have no idea i think that's putting too much thought into this thing i have Uh, to put some thought into it because otherwise it's going to kill me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't, it, the thing is just a hot mess and I mean there's so many prime examples of this thing being a hot mess but I think I think calling it a coming out movie I think would um, just give it too much credit okay um, I, I just call it a coming out movie something about this what it kind of is yes go Chris tell me what I need to hear Think of the Broadway version of Shrek, Let Your Freak Flag Fly. The ending of this whole whole thing was accept people for their differences and and just accept yourself for being you. But that's what I'm saying. Dear God. So it took the ticklers in the the torture chamber. Uh, Describe the ticklers for us, please. Okay. It's really difficult. Okay, so it's like... Dr. Seuss torture porn. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Um, that's really the only way I can describe what it was, was it was these two guys in like, in like Dr. Seuss costumes that pop up out of nowhere, like Eli Roth style pop up out of nowhere <laughs> with giant feathers like they're making an OnlyFans, and um, <laughs> they got Gordon literally chained to a wall, and they're st- and, and and they just stand back and they just like look at him, and then they start discussing amongst themselves like what they're going to do to him, and then they like creep up on him all slow with their and then they and then they like run off into the uh, then run off into the smoke and the fog. And then they pop up right in front of him again. Did you miss us? Like, it, it, it is, it is horrifying. And I still think that that supports my, um, my thesis that this is a coming out movie. <laughs> and don't forget the point where they turn to the camera and say, kids, don't try this at home. Right, right. Uh, so would you. Un- it is uncomfortable. Like, that was hard for me to watch. Like, in the same way it's hard for me to watch Hostel, or it's hard for me to watch Saw. That was hard for me to watch for these same reasons. It triggered the same things in my brain. <laughs> so would you say, would you agree with me that this is the worst film that we've seen? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We found a new low. We've absolutely found a new low. Yes. And it's this, this was, film. At least even in Terror of Tiny Town, I was watching it to get fodder for doing the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I was watching it, looking for the really effed up stuff that I could talk about in this. I couldn't even do that. Mm-hmm. Like this was, was even worse than Caligari and Caligari was bad. Yeah. But Caligari was Caligari bad at least was a, had an excuse. It was an art film, right? It was bad for the sake of art. This was, yeah. this was corporatized bad. Yeah. Like, this was really bad. Yeah. And shame on Shelley Duvall, because at this point, you know, Shel- I'm, I'm sh- I'm, like I said, I know that there is nostalgia for this thing. And I, I've, I've seen, you know, so, some of my millennial friends talk about, I loved this as a kid. And I'm like, good, don't revisit it. 
Um, cause yeah, this, first of all, it literally screams made in 1990. And what I mean by that is at this time, everything was really itchy, scratchy, poochy when it came to corporate, how corporate, which oh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. things and try to make children's entertainment. Uh, this, this movie is the MC hammer too legit to quit music video of movies with getting what corporate thinks is hip and fun and kids enjoy and getting it completely wrong. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you 1000%, but I, somehow it worked, right? It worked back then somehow. I mean, I, I, again, though, there's uh, a friend of mine called this the A-team syndrome where something was so cool and fun when you were younger but then when you go back and revisit it as an adult you're like what was i thinking i mean there's a couple there's a couple of things that are like that and a, a team is a good example unfortunately um but that's happened and this is one of those examples i i i think that this is a uh really like textbook example of why nostalgia sometimes can really take a shit on you. Yeah. Yeah. This is a movie that I would really like a documentary on. <clears throat> like this is, a, I'm, I would love to see something with, you know, with the people involved explaining how this was made, why it was made, why certain decisions were made. Well, how they got these people on board. With recent developments with Shelley Duvall, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, with with her being uh, basically nuts now, but still, yeah. I actually I don't want to know why. To be honest with you, I don't want to know why they thought this was a good idea. Uh, <laughs> I just want it buried six feet under. Yeah, if I never have to watch this again, it'll be too soon. Like I told you, I would rather watch anything that we have watched again. Including Terror of Tiny Town. Including Riding the Bus with My Sister, including mm-hmm. Terror of Tiny Town, including, um, the, you know, uh, uh, Permutos. I would rather watch Permutos <laughs> again. <laughs> you know, it's sad, folks, when we would rather watch a movie that features a Jean Benet Ramsey esque little girl singing all sexual like, looking like a six year old girl, than this, a kid's movie. Right. I mean, it's true. It's true. I and I stand by it. <laughs> I stand well, by it. Well, Andy, this was our 29th movie that we've watched on this show so far. So our next film is number oh, 30. God, I can't. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. I almost walked out of the theater on this movie and I realized, oh, I'm at home. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh well, God! I, I I think I owe it to you on yeah, our 30th yeah. film to uh, get a little payback. So I decided to allow you to pick our 30th film, and you've been teasing me with this. See, these are the this. only hints that you've given me about this film is Correct. that it's foreign. It is. It has a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. It does, but don't let that deter you. I, I defy you to look up Bad Ben and tell me what it's Rotten Tomatoes is. <laughs> so what film have you chosen for me for the 30th film? So I know that you're a, fil- a fan of horror movies. Yes. Um, I, I would go out on a limb and say you're probably a fan of um, – of like Fulci and like Giallo, you know, like Italian, uh, European horror, you know, whether it's, whether it's Inferno or whether it's, you know, um, Italian zombie films, I'm going to, I'm going to assume that you're, that that that's something you're into, even though we haven't talked about it, at least Mm -hmm. in passing. So in knowing this and knowing it's got a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes, that rules out my guess of Cemetery Man. So no, no, it is not Cemetery Man. (laughs) This is a movie I stumbled upon in, on dvd at one point like in a like in a video store and picked up and um absolutely adored it um it is a 
2005 horror movie from España, oh, directed okay. by Brian Yuzna. It is, if I remember right, it is in English. I think it maybe it had subtitles on some of it. But this movie is called Beneath Still Waters. Never heard of it. Oh, you are in for a treat, my friend. Um, just to give you a little uh, a little background, um, it's it's a story of uh, magic, of uh, the undead, um, of witchcraft, and all it subjects is, that we have looked at on the show. Actually, it is one of my it, 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 it's another movie that in my mind deserves to to be considered a cult film but i don't think a lot of people have seen it um it was produced in catalonia just so oh you my. know yeah it is be- it, it is a beautiful film um i again it, it has that those sweeping um the sweeping cameras and kind of that pre jj abrams lens flare kind of wash to it that you know that um that Suspiria and Inferno have um it is a beautiful movie there are scenes in this movie that are effed up to 11 though so I want you to prepare yourself for some real messed up stuff because it because it is in the same vein as that it is European horror in that vein so don't think that you're getting out with some beautiful art film that you know is going to be Suspiria like you're not I would not do that. <laughs> this is cult cinema catacombs after all. <laughs> See, my biggest fear actually was when you were beginning to talk about this was I was beginning to think of oh, the motherfuckers going to have me watch a Serbian film. No. And I'm like, don't do that to me. I was hoping it wasn't going to be the sinful dwarf. Oh no, not the sinful dwarf. No, no. Once, once and done with that one. No, you will you will enjoy this. This is apparently a pretty bad, you know, um, just to give you some of the reception of the film. Okay, Dread Central rated it one of five stars and called it poorly assembled, laughably bad and an an absolute waste of time. (laughs) Um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that good. I it's a bad movie. Okay, it's a bad movie. But it is a good movie compared to the shit that we, we watch on this show. Oh, my God. So prepare yourself for that. I will figure out where we can watch it. Um, I saw it recently. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am excited. I'm excited to have you watch this. It's on Prime Video. Um, Still Waters is on Amazon Prime? I believe so, yes. Um Oh, wait, I'll find it. I'll, one way or another, I'll find it. But it is, I guarantee you, it is right up our alley. It is right up our alley. So that is my choice. Mm, mm, mm. It's not as, it's, I know it's not as exciting as um, Bad Ben was. I don't have to, I don't have to twist your arm as badly for this one as I did for Bad Ben. <laughs> I love Bad Ben. Oh, Bad Ben. Everybody fun. loves that Bad one, Ben. That one was just fun. Nobody... No. <laughs> oh, uh, Beneath Still Water, I think I found it on YouTube. Yes, is it the whole thing? I'm opening up the link right now to find out, but I think I found it on YouTube. Uh, it says here it's an hour and 36 minutes. That's the let's, one. Let's see if this is from 2005. One moment. It's loading. While I'm waiting for this to load, um, again, listeners, if you have not signed up for it yet, we encourage you, if you are able to toss a a couple of coins to The Witcher for us, uh, sign up for the Patreon page. We have all sorts of exclusive stuff happening. Just recently had um, a special 40th anniversary look at Flash Gordon with uh, with Devin Pike of... uh, Bacon Samurai fame, and he talked about um, how uh, Sam Jones declared a recent screening that he hosted here during COVID-19 as the official 30th anniversary, I mean, uh, 40th anniversary screening. Uh, we also have contests going on. Uh, so we mad. will have we will have our first um, 
ever installment of producer Chris critiquing Sandra Lee's cooking. Oh, from back, shit. That's from happening? Back, yep. From back oh. in the old days of uh, Food Network or semi-homemade um, and all sorts of other fun stuff planned. So plan it starts at $3 on the page. Uh, so if you're able to, we definitely encourage you to do so. Uh, it has opened up. Here's the plot. Tell me if this sounds like it's the actual film. Joshua Lynette accuses Laura of being a witch after she rejects his advances. The village, more importantly, Father Price, agree with him, and Laura is drowned in a pool. Does this sound like it? No. <laughs> I'll find it for us. Don't worry. Okay. I'll find it. It did not say Alistair Crowley anywhere in there, so that's how I know. Yeah, okay, I'm not. Yeah, saying buddy, I was trying to hide that one. Oh yeah, this is from Crowley. a director by the name of Philip Kempson. Although there is only one comment on here, and it says 30 minutes of my time lost forever." What was good about this movie? <laughs> Maybe we'll have to do that one later. <laughs> so now you said Brian Usna. This is the same man who gave us like society, right? I think so. Oh, I think so. Boy. Oh boy! Get yeah, a... Stuart Gordon, like, uh, like he produced for Stuart Gordon. Um, he co-wrote "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids." Yeah, that's him, baby. That's him, baby. Oh boy! Okay. <laughs> the animator, Silent Night, Deadly Night Four, Return of the Living Dead, The Dentist Two. <laughs> Oh, God, I'm trying to hold all this for the actual episode. You are, you're making me talk about it now. I don't want to. I want to talk about it then. <laughs> well, we're going to have to wait until September. because That's what our next episode is. Oh, man. All righty, folks. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Again, if you're able to sign up on our Patreon, please do so. Um, and explore all the fun stuff that's on there. And we will talk to you next time. Thank God we don't have to watch this movie ever again. Yay! Yay! <laughs> talk to you later, gang. <laughs>